Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 83, he's seven, I'm Tommy. Today's episode is brought to you by the Breakdowns Tournament Challenge. Before you fill out your bracket, make sure that you're locked into the Breakdowns Tournament Challenge with a chance for a $100 gift card and a free Breakdown t-shirt and a chance to compete against your favorite Breakdown personalities and Breakdown fans alike. Seven, you filled yours out yet? I'm waiting. I want to wait because the Thursday games always throw a wrench. Uh, If we remember, I think it was two years ago, the the good boys, the Labradors, took down Virginia. Uh, I believe they were last, last team in, if I can remember correctly. Did they win a play-in game? I don't remember. I don't Regardless. know. Regardless, fill it out, lock it in. It's the Breakdowns, D-B-R-K-D-W-N space T-C, the Breakdowns T-C, and that's in the ESPN Tournament Challenge app. So download the app today, lock in your bracket, and enjoy the madness of the third month of March. And boy, oh boy, I'm excited for it. Seven. That might be the earliest we've ever hit a live ad read in a show. I think it is. Yeah, really. We, uh, we've just... done the pre-recorded ones that start that start the show, but that might be the first authentic one. That was authentic. That was realer than. I'm trying to think. That was very. Julia Rose's titties. Yeah. Uh, Are seen we off the rails titties. already? Did... <laughs> I, I, actually, speaking of Julia Rose's titties, I've noticed on this Twitter. Is quite the episode <laughs> we're, we're getting off the tracks real quick i have noticed on twitter um why would i ever subscribe to her only fans i see nipple in almost every fucking pic she posts yeah there's really no reason to like she leaves nothing you, you to the imagination that, you could make that argument for darn near every uh only fans content creator they don't leave I, much to the imagination nowadays well, at least sometimes I'll put, like, emojis over, like, their box and their nipples and be like, oh, you have to subscribe to see it. It's like, dude, you're leaving nothing to the imagination. I can see your fucking dirt star from here. So, <laughs> fuck. I don't need to pay the 10 bucks a month to see you fucking jam something up there. Like, I'm good. <laughs> don't worry. You've already done that up in the old brain cinema here. <laughs> <laughs> I am my own director. So, I can only imagine what you're going to do. In my mind, I'm Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, fuck. Oh, that's great. That's Let's get so this great. train back on the tracks. All right. Um. Uh, so uh, the, the LeBron. Baseball. LeBron. Baseball. <laughs> LeBron buying the Red Sox, or not buying the Red Sox, becoming a part owner of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, as a Yankees fan, how do you feel about it? 
I mean, I know you have a soft spot for this guy. I'm not going to mince words. This guy, he's a douchebag. I've seen this fucking guy walk around with Yankees hats. He's at Yankee Stadium when they're in the playoffs and shit. He's boys with the CC Sabathia. And now you're, what, you're 2% owner in the, in the Boston Red Sox? Like, dude, fuck you. Because this guy, like, he's the definition of, like, he he's not Gen he's Z. He's a front runner. He's a front he's runner. He's a front runner. Yeah, like, he's just, like. Everything he does is, like, for other people's, like, approval. It's weird. Like, you're one of the most powerful figures in sports, and you still seek the approval of others. Like, I don't care if you wear a Yankees hat, but now I care that you're a fucking 2% owner of the Red Sox. Like, take that shit off. Don't ever wear that again, because it means nothing. You know that whenever the Yankees beat the Red Sox, that that picture is going to resurface. Yeah, and I I count on it, too. Like, I I hope... Everyone floods him with pictures of him sitting next to CeCe Sabathia wearing a Yankees hat. The same could be said when CeCe was on the Indians. He was wearing Indians gear. Like, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. When CeCe, when CeCe, or I'm sorry, when LeBron was in Cleveland for his first go-round, Le- uh, LeBron showed up at a game in a Yankees cap at Progressive Field. That's it. You're Yeah. So I am, yeah, this guy's a front runner. He's a fucking front runner. Yeah, he is. And then in the 2016, right, it was after the Cavs had won the title. He's seen, you know, flexing in his Cleveland against the world shirt and blah, blah. The guy, I, like, you're right. I do, I, I, as a Cleveland fan, I hold LeBron in, in high regard. But he he makes it hard to like him sometimes when he does stuff like this. It's just, like, I get it. The It's a business opportunity, but this isn't like, yeah, he, I'm... I was like, let's not pretend like he hasn't. Dove, dove into sports ownership before. I believe he is a part owner of Liverpool, the football club as well. I think you're right, but it's also one of those situations where it's not it's not an American sport. Like it's like he's it's not a con- I don't want to say this is a conflict of interest because clearly baseball and basketball are not the same. I just it just feels weird that an active player who's playing today in a competing league Did you feel this did you feel this way about Patrick Mahomes part buying the Royals? Wait, what? You didn't know Patrick Mahomes is a part owner of the Royals? Well, I'm okay with that because he plays in Kansas City. So it's like, okay, he's, you know, now that I'm... But it's the, I it's the not... same point you're making of, of, of active player joining an ownership group of a team. Yeah, that is, that's true. I got to walk that take back now. But still... I got like, you. I don't... You did. Fuck, I didn't know that at all, though. Um, I actually don't... Yeah, as, mind, as, maybe as soon as he inked that giant contract. Oh, well, then, I mean... Maybe it's because Mahomes isn't such like a polarizing figure like LeBron. That's a hundred percent it. You're a hundred percent right. But it's also like Kansas City, Kansas City. I can see the parallel there, like trying to bring sports up in that area. I understand that. Like LeBron has no ties to Boston at all, like nothing. Like I, I can't think of one. I could, I could go to. This I can't man's either. Wikipedia. If we're being honest, I can't either. The only thing about Boston and LeBron is that Boston universally hates him. So, I just don't understand why he thought this is was a this good... A move by Le- is this a move by LeBron to try and get every... Like, I think LeBron just doesn't like being disliked. Because he rocks the Yankees hat, so Red Sox fans dislike him. He mm-hmm. So, he buys the Red Sox. So, now Red Sox fans like him, but, he, but LeBron still has the... Uh, the memories of being in a Yankees hat, hat that you know some Yankees fans are going to hold in regard. I hold that in regard. He, he wins a championship in Cleveland. 
He wins a championship in Miami. He wins a championship in L.A. So those three fan bases, big corners of the country, they don't hate him. Is is this? He's gonna remake Space Jam, so he's gonna. I'm guessing there'll be some homage to Michael Jordan in that movie. Chicago now doesn't hate him. Maybe depending on how that movie turns out. Mm, I this, just think he's this a pussy. could this could just be this this could just be LeBron is the is the 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 prototypical millennial that just doesn't want anybody not to like him. No, like he's a. He's I a think puss. I figured this thing out. I think I figured out LeBron. Then don't center one of your biggest ad campaigns about being the villain. When he went to Miami, the whole thing was he was going to embrace being the villain. And I think everyone was on board with hating LeBron knowing that he was okay with it. Knowing that he was out there to crush your dreams. Because he was that he was the fucking joker of the NBA and we needed that. And then he came back. And now he wants everyone's fucking love and sympathies. Like, no, fuck you, dude. You're just a... You're, you're a bitch. Like, you can't do this. Like, you can't have a hand in every pot around the country. It's like, fucking pick something and I mean, clearly he does. I know, but no one respects him for it. We're having this conversation now because of his actions. Like, no one cares. And if yeah, anything, you're right. he's he's taken more hate on in the last... Since he signed with L.A., I would say. I think L.A. really defined it for him. But ever since then, like, leaving Cleveland once... Okay, I get it. You want to win a championship... You got to do the thing. Go to Miami. Get it done. And then you come back to Cleveland where you're from. Win a championship there. And instead of riding it out and seeing what they can do around you, you fucking bolt again. Like, dude, this guy has no consistency. And he's just, he's a flip-flopping, he's a a puss. Like, I don't like this at all. I don't like LeBron. I said it. (laughs) You're... I, I not afraid it. to go there, huh? <laughs> not, I'm not afraid to go there. Um, I can officially say I don't like him. Mm, but I, I, will be the, I'll, I will be the first to admit, as a common folk, if I were to ever meet him, I would probably be like, you know, two steps away in my conscious from giving that guy fellatio because I, I would love to be graced by his presence. In the moment. In the moment. Only in the moment. I, got I haven't nothing. thought about it. I got nothing. <laughs> I haven't thought about it. <laughs> hey, you guys know that this is a baseball podcast, right? Yeah, so uh, back to baseball. <laughs> so um, the Red so, Sox, huh? So the Red Sox. Uh, uh, in, in, in the only other piece of real baseball news that comes out this week, Nick Markakis calls it a career. Um after 15 seasons between Baltimore and Atlanta, uh, he hangs it up, was a one-time All-Star, a two, three-time Gold Glover, and a Silver Slugger. Um, I will fondly remember Nick Markakis. How, uh, you being of an AL East team, how, do you, how will you remember him? I think Markakis is one of the most underrated players that we've seen in, in recent memory. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't mean that lightly either. I think everyone associates him more with the Orioles anyway. And for good reason. Like, the Orioles were, I mean, I I don't want to say they were never a good team because clearly they were a good team in the past. But the Orioles now, we think of them as just basement dwellers. They're never going to be anything. They're in a perpetual rebuild. Markakis was part of that core that actually brought them through and made the postseason a couple times. 
And he was always good. He played almost every day. He didn't miss many games. He had a couple injuries, uh, I believe, right before he went to Atlanta, uh, which cost him some time. But he was always out there. Good fielder, like you said. He's a gold glover. Good bat, silver slugger, dependable. Uh, I think he was more underrated. I think it's also because he played on a team like Baltimore. He never really had the protection that some of these other quote-unquote superstars are privy to. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. Never a big thumper. I mean, at 20 home runs in 07 and 08, and those are the only times that, that he eclipsed that mark. But just a guy that you could count on throughout your lineup. He'll end his career a 288 hitter with a 781 OPS. Um, and like you said, a reliable, if not really good, glove. Uh, and you could pencil him in in right field or left field darn near every day and, and expect a consistent product. So Nick Markakis, congrats on the career. And that's really all I have to say about that. Yeah. Congrats. So spend time with your family and I mean, I don't know. It's good for him. Hey, 15 years. And I mean, I know, I know he was with Atlanta, but I mean, just congrats on not having to play for Baltimore anymore. Just, that's <laughs> that's yeah. worthy of a round of applause. Like good for you, man. Yeah, that, that's worthy of a nice golf clap that he got out before that shitstorm ensued. Um, <laughs> also, you know, fun fact about Marquecas, he it's also... better be fun. Yeah, it's not that fun, actually. I was just going to say, like, he also made it to the playoffs every year he's been with Atlanta, I believe. Really? From, I mean, 15, 16... Yes? Question mark? Did they make it in 15? That's no, what I'm saying. I they did not. They were a 67-win team in 15. Well, so, hey, he played 15 and years. Then the, hey, and then a 68-win team in 16. Oh. 72-win 70, in 7. Yeah, you were, you were off on this. I am uh, recency bias all the way because I'm just <laughs> – I'm, I'm really just thinking Atlanta was a powerhouse for the last, like, 10 years, and they were <laughs> not at all. All right. Um, we still haven't come up with a name for this segment, but – it's a, it's a fun little game we played last week, and we're going to play it again this week. We're drafting a, a best-of team from each division. The rules are... You, so we did, we did this naturally last week. We're going to enforce it as a rule this week, because I think it comes into play with the AL East. You have to pick at least one player from every team, and it can't be more than three players from a given team. You have to get a pitching staff... Yeah, a pitching staff and every starting position on the diamond. We can do this. Sound like a plan? Yeah. We can do this. All right. Oh, let's call we'll this Diamond s- Dynasty. Diamond Dynasty, right now. Yeah, that's, that hasn't been taken. No, um, I know. I'm but sure this, we, this, we new, this some... new and innovative co- concept, I hope it doesn't make its way into video games. No, 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 because we can steal <laughs> some views from them. <laughs> Fuck you, San Diego Studios. We're riding high on this one. That's funny. All right, Diamond Dynasty, AL East. Um, we'll take. The, we'll go pitching staff first. We'll start with the Yankees. Their rotation will look like this, or is projected to by RotoChamp. Uh, Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyon, Jordan Montgomery, Domingo, German. The Blue Jays, Hyunjin Ryu, Robbie Ray, Tanner Roark, Steven Matz. Ross Stripling, the Tampa Bay Rays, 
will go Tyler Glass now, Rich Hill, Chris Archer, Ryan Yarborough, Michael Waka. Forgot Waka was with Tampa. Yeah, and then uh, the league. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox will go Nathan Ivaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez, Nick Pavetta. And the Baltimore Orioles, which will absolutely make this thing tough, go will go John Means, <laughs> Keegan Akin, Dean Kremer or Kramer, Jorge Lopez, and then Felix Hernandez, who is not going to be there because you said he's getting elbow surgery. You said that before recording, right? No, no, no. Just elbow discomfort, but with his track oh, record, he... likely will turn into surgery. So they have Matt Harvey in the wings, so they're they're fine. Oh, well, thank God for that. Uh, bullpens, I mean, I don't think this changes my opinion too, too much. The only I think... thing it would change for me is between the Rays and the Yankees when I look at the bullpens. Okay, do you want, so do you want to, want to go through them? Yeah, we should go through them because I think this actually does play a big part in picking the pitching. All right, so for the Rays, it gives the Roto Champ gives them a three-headed closer of Peter Fairbanks, Nick Anderson, and Diego Castillo with Colin McHugh, Ryan Hansen, Chaz Rowe, Cody Reed, and Ryan Sheriff uh, being those middle to late relievers. And then for the Yankees, the Roto Champ lists the bullpen as. Araldis Chapman as the closer. Chad Green and Justin Wilson is set up. Jonathan Siaga, Darren O'Day, Luis Sessa, Nick Nelson, and Tyler Lyons as the mid to late relievers. Mm-hmm. So this actually gives me pause because the easy answer would to say the Yankees, like you want to say the Yankees because you hear names like Tyon and Kluber as twos and threes in that rotation, plus Herman and Montgomery yep. are good. But yep. I'm actually going to pivot and I'm going to say the Rays. And I was going to go the Rays. My thought was the Rays or the Blue Jays. I actually did not think to do the the Yankees because I think we're going to end up with so many position Yankees. So that's the other reason I want to take the Rays. I don't think the Blue Jays are at that spot yet where we could take their pitching staff because after Ryu, and like, there's a lot of upside, but there's a lot. There's so much room for disaster for that that's rotation. Fair. The bullpen's decent. I like the bullpen. Um, but I think the Rays, from a consistency standpoint, yes, you lost Snell. Yes, you lost Morton. But that rotation, we know Kevin Cash likes the opener. We, it's no secret. He likes to Learned get a little that funky. the hard way. Yeah. Um, but I like the bullpen. I like all those guys that could potentially be in the mix for saves. Anderson Castillo and Fairbanks are all good. They're all proven. So you have that working for you. And I love Colin McHugh because he could be a spot starter. He could do a long relief. He could be an opener. Like there's a lot of things you can do with that team. So I actually like the makeup of them a lot more because they could fill a bunch of different roles. Whereas the Yankees, you're really, you're, you're gambling on the health of two guys that combined for an inning last year. And <laughs> also, I mean, it's, it's true. And you're also you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> But you're also you just are like, not wrong. You're you're really reliant on a bullpen that is really just one injury away, one Chad Green or one Araldis Chapman injury away from blowing the whole thing up. So I not like to the mention Rays. a very not to mention a very streaky bullpen. Yeah, like I think everyone thinks of New York now in the last few years as being like this super dominant relief corps. Like, yeah, they have a couple big pieces there, but they don't always deliver. As evidenced mm-hmm. by the playoffs, with a role to Chapman does not deliver in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. I, I'm 
I'm more wary of, of putting my chips there because of what you said earlier. We're going to have to take a lot of position players from the Yankees, but also just because I think the Rays give you a better chance throughout where you can plug almost any pitcher in any role there and find success, whereas the Yankees is you are really gambling that all those starters are going to make it at least six to get to that Super Bowl pen because the rest of the relievers yeah. on the Yankees are very streaky. That's fair. Um, something else I thought of. Do we want to draft a manager too? I mean, I want to take Aaron Boone so bad, but we don't we have should. to because I mean, we, we'd have to retroactively pick one for the for the AL and NL West. Well, for ah, uh, fuck, dude, that's going to be tough for the NL West because I don't think there's any good managers in the NL West. Yeah. Also, you know what's sad is my mind still goes to Bruce Bochy. Yeah, I know. It does for me, too, actually. Fucking Gabe Kapler. Uh, <laughs> actually, fuck it. We can retroactively do that because the ALS has a good manager. Um, they have two good managers, actually. The NLS would be tough. We can retroactively do that. We can wrap that one up at the end. So, yeah, we should take a manager from, from each league. All right, so we'll we'll wait. We'll pick that last for, for uh, all these, and we'll retroactively pick AL and NL West, too. Because you mentioned Kevin Cash, and it kind of got the cogs turning for me. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll start with uh, catcher. We'll start behind the dish. So for the Yankees, uh, Gary Sanchez will man man the the, the two spot. Daniel Danny Jansen for t- uh, Toronto, and then Mike Zanino for the Rays. Christian Vazquez for the Red Sox, and Chance Cisco for the Orioles and part of me wants to take Chance Cisco just to make the thong song joke <laughs> from a joke perspective yes um, from an actual like from, from a we're trying to have a, have a team make a team here the answer yeah. is absolutely not I would say Jansen yeah I, I, I like what Gary brings to the table from an offensive perspective but he's just not a good defensive catcher and I not only that, it's like you're gonna. There's so many ebbs and flows with this fucking guy. Like they, I think he's called the Kraken for a reason because sometimes he could wreak havoc, and other times he is two thousand leagues under the sea, and you don't even. I was gonna know say you're there. not sure if he exists. Yeah, so I, I would take Jansen. He's he has a decent bat. He's a good glove. He's not gonna blow you away at anything, but he's good enough. And we have to take one from every team at least. So I'll put Jansen there. All right, that works for me. So, uh, we've gone Ray's staff and Jansen. So, that brings us to first base. For the Yankees, uh, this is a big question mark. It's probably going to be Luke Voigt, but you also have a guy like DJ LeMay who, who can play there. Um, Vlad Guerre- For the Blue Jays, same thing. Vlad Guerrero and Rowdy Tellez will uh, trade time there. I think for this one, we go Vlad. See, I was gonna actually say Trey Mancini. You also, I'm, I'm sorry, I meant for the Blue Jays, just as a. I like, uh, I, I, yeah, you I, have G, I like. You have G Man Choi for the Rays, uh, Bobby Dalbach for the Red Sox, and then uh, Trey Mancini is listed as the DH on uh, Roto Champ. They have hmm. Ryan Mountcastle as the first baseman. I thought Mountcastle was gonna be in the outfield for them, but regardless. Um... Well, if he's DH, then by proxy, he's a first baseman. Let's be real. Every DH is a first baseman. Correct. Um, I would take Mancini. So I, I'm fine with Mancini because we're going to need an Oriole. 
Yeah, and I, I listen. Great story. He's actually a pretty good player too. Like it's not like we're just taking. Yeah, he can ball. So he can ball. I like I like Mancini there because the rest of the first baseman, Dahlbeck is a rookie for all sakes and purposes. Like he's a rookie still. G-Man Choi, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's fucking G-Man Choi. I uh, like G-Man Choi. I like him, but like, I I, I, actually, I was I was gonna lean G-Man Choi if really? we didn't have to go. Yeah, if we didn't have to go with an Oriole in here, I was gonna lean G-Man Choi. Just really? again. Good locker room guy, fun okay. personality. He rakes. Huh. Okay. I mean, I don't see. I I think it's a. I just don't like. Also, Man Luke Voigt. I mean, this, this is a deep position in the AL East. I know that's the problem. And Vlad. Like, and Vlad. If you take Luke Voigt, then this now is four deep. That's the like. This is going to be a tough division when we think about it. Like. If you take Vlad, because we've already taken Jansen at catcher, and the Blue Jays have more talented players at different positions. So I don't want to take Vlad here, although I do love him. Same thing with Voight, because the Yankees, those boys are bopping. So there's multiple spots you could take a different Yankee. I think the Orioles makes the most sense with Mancini just because I don't think we're going to run into another position on the Orioles where we say, yep, that's the guy. I mean, Santander maybe, but even But the outfield loaded. I was just about to say, even then, we, there's enough outfield depth in this division that he doesn't thrust himself into the conversation necessarily. Yeah, that's where I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm leaning. Yeah, we, we got it right the first time. Trey Mancini. Second base, DJ LeMahieu will man it for the Yankees. Uh, Marcus Semyon is listed as the second baseman for uh, the Blue Jays. Also, Kevin Biggio has the potential to play it. Uh, Brandon Lau is the the for the Rays. Also, Joe Wendell can play it. And then for the Red Sox, Enrique Hernandez is listed as the second baseman. And then. Uh, Freddie Galvis and Yolmer Sanchez are listed as potential second baseman for the Orioles. I think you got to go Lemayhu here. Yeah, this this is an easy one. DJ Lemayhu. Have to. I think it's yeah. You're not gonna find somebody that produces more in this exactly. list. Exactly. All right. So shortstops: Glaber Torres for or Torres for the Yankees. Um, Marcus Semyon. Is gonna be he's gonna be the shortstop. He's listed. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Or Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette's listed as the shortstop. Marcus Semien listed as also can play it. I think for this we go Bo Bichette uh, in terms of giving one of those guys the nod. Joey Wendell and Willie Adamas are listed as the Rays shortstops. Uh, Xander Bogarts for the Red Sox, and then Freddie Galvis for the Orioles. Alexander. I was just about to say I think Xander's the guy here because there's not many Orioles to go with either. No. Even if like I like Bo Bichette, I think Xander's ce- ceiling for this year is higher than Bo Bichette's ceiling for this year. Agreed. I and Xander's also done this for the last few years, so you know what you're going to expect out of him: 300, over 25 home runs, and upwards of 90 to 100 RBIs. So you know what you're getting with him. Bo Bichette, I like him. I like the potential, but if I have to put someone in a position now, I'd rather take an all-star that's done it before, and that's Xander. The boys pass on Bo Bichette, call it no Bichette. 
Uh, third base, we <laughs> third base we go. Uh, Giovanni Urshela, the birthday triplet. Kevin uh, Biggio, Joey Wendell, Rafael Devers, or Mikel Franco for the Orioles. I would take Urshela, and I'm I'm biased, but I would take him here. You're very biased as your birthday triplet. No, I have to. Um, but I, I, in all seriousness, Great Glove has proven now that he can hit. Like he 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 definitely can hit. So third base, I think third base. The problem with this position in first base, uh, if we're if we're talking corner positions now, just in general is that everyone looks at this as just you need a bat to play here. I don't think mm-hmm. that's the case anymore. I think it's – actually, I would argue that third and first deserve Are, better gloves. You have uh, less – Third, third I would agree with. First, you got a rake to play first. For, yeah, first I would still because think, Because to your point, any DH can play first. That's true. Yeah, I mean – so So at that point, we need somebody that's going to mash at first. Yeah, and we have it, and Mancini can mash. Like that's that that's not an issue there. So we do have yeah. that. Even third, though an Oriole. third base, I'm willing to I'm willing to part with the bat for a plus glove. So I'm okay with Urshela. I was gonna go Kevin Biggio again, just because I think there's more to be had here from the Yankees than DJ LeMayhew and um and what's his name Urshela. Urshela. Yeah. So. The reason I'm thinking Urshela here is because when you look at what we have left, which is the outfield, there's really only one person I would want from the Yankees outfields in this mix. That's fair. That's fair. So I would take Urshela just because we know the gloves there. The hitting has been there the last two years. Granted, 2020 was a weird season. We all understand that. We don't have to keep talking about that. But he's shown he can hit. He can hit at a high level. He actually is really clutch, too. He hits over, like I think it was like 275, at least 275 in 2019, in a full season, his first year in pinstripes. So the guy does Do you produce. want to just rub in my face that he dropped a bomb in my eye hole? Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so you saw it firsthand. This guy's fucking clutch. <laughs> <laughs> he can play the position. Uh, he's not a power bat. The only other person I would have taken is probably Biggio. I I like Devers, but I don't like his glove. And I maybe it's because he just doesn't look the part. And I, I mean that in utmost respect. He's he's fat. Um, but <laughs> I, I, he's fat. <clears throat> loves hot pockets. Um, no, I, I like Rochella for this pick because there's one more Yankee I would take, and he's in the outfield. That's fair. All right, I'm good with Gio. We'll go to the outfield where the Yankees will trot out Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, and uh, Clint Frazier with Giancarlo being listed as the DH. Uh, the Blue Jays trot out George Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, and Lourdes Guriel Jr. The Rays, Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, Randy Arozarena, and Manuel Margot, and Kevin Kiermeyer all listed as outfield eligible on Rotochamp. The uh, Red Sox will trot out Verdugo, Hunter Renfro, and Franche Cordero, who's currently on the 10-day disabled list. So Enrique Hernandez also given uh, outfield eligibility. Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, 
Austin Hayes listed for the Orioles. To me, this is Springer. Um, I'm going to go recency bias. Springer, a Rosarena judge for me. See, I, I like Springer and judge for that third spot. I might give it to Kiermaier. Um, I'm I'd okay with Kiermaier. I would rather have Kiermaier in center and move Springer. We don't have a, we don't have a Ray yet either. Oh, then yes. Yeah, so, so it's either uh, a Rosarena or Kiermaier. I like Kiermaier just for more balance too in the lineup. It's pretty right-handed heavy right now. Mm, that's true. I didn't think about. I don't. I don't think about it right-handed, righty-lefty. I was thinking about some speed at the top with a Rosarena. But yeah, we can go uh, Springer, Judge, Kiermaier. That works for me. And, and Kiermaier then, will sell a lot of tickets to the ladies because he's so handsome. I mean, you could argue. <laughs> I know. <don't. laughs> um. Manager, I know your heart says Boone, but recency bias. See, I'm gonna go both ways with recency bias here. Kevin Cash got there. No, I know, but I don't know if we trust him in the big moment. And also, uh, what's his name in Boston? I wouldn't take Cora. I I, just, I wouldn't take Cora. Um... I would it's it's between Boone and Cash for me, and I'm leaning towards Cash at this point because at I least say, he, take yourself out of it as a Yankees fan. No, I am, and I'm. I think the the only answer is Cash because I mean he's been there. Like he took he took a team that was really I mean middle of the pack offensively. Yes, their pitching was great. And it's gonna be a lot different this year, but we've seen how the Rays deploy pitchers in different you know scenarios and roles where i'm not concerned with that and i i think mm-hmm. overall as a manager that still somewhat plays small ball and and a true three outcome league at this point i'd rather have someone that actually knows the game rather than someone that is just going to yell at umpires and say that their guys are fucking savages they are fucking savages. They are fucking savages, but he also has a pacemaker now, so I don't think we're going to see that too much anymore. <laughs> For being honest here. All right, so Kevin Cash rules everything around me. Um, we'll go to the NL East, and we'll lead that off with the uh, the pitching staff. So we'll start with the Mets. DeGrom, Stroman, Taiwan Walker, David Pearson, Jonathan Lucchese, and Carlos Carrasco also listed as a potential starter. The Atlanta Braves, Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Drew Smiley, Kyle Wright, and Mike Soroka listed as a potential starter. Uh, the Nats, Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg, Lester, Joe Ross. It's a solid five. Mm-hmm. Phils, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Zach Eflin, Vincent Velasquez. Am I pronouncing that right? I think it's Velasquez. Did he change his name? Oh, wait, no, there isn't an A on there. I'm half an idiot. Uh, and then Matt Moore. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not how I would have expected Velazquez to be spelled. There's like an S. It's V E L A S Q U E Z. It looks like Velazquez. Did you? You said Velazquez. 
Yeah, I know. I said I, I, my, my mind put an A there, and it wasn't. I don't think Velasquez or Velasquez or Velasquez moves the needle for me anyway. I think the definitive answer here is the Nationals, no matter what. Oh yeah, Nats, no matter what. They are. They, that's a solid five. And, and, not and I mention, don't even need. I don't need the bullpens here. No, like I, I was even gonna say the bullpen, the Nats. One of their big bugaboos in 2019 going on that World Series run was everyone kept talking about the bullpen and if anything the bullpen's better than than it was in 2019 now because you have a guy like Brad Hand so you essentially substitute Brad Hand for Sean Doolittle and I think personally Brad Hand's better than Sean Doolittle so I think that's an upgrade at your, at the most important bullpen position yep and then you know coupled with that you still have other arms in high level situations that I would trust more than the Mets like if I saw Edwin Diaz come out of the bullpen in a tie game or up by one run or two runs, I would shit my pants. I'd rather have someone I know I can count on, and that's Brad Hand. Yeah, and that sounds wild after the season he gave the Indians last year. But uh, it matters not. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, a wash. (laughs) All right, we'll start with catcher. Uh, for the New York Metropolitans, that'll be James McCann. For the Braves, it will be Travis Darnode. For the Nats, it'll be Jan Gomes. For the Phillies, JT Real Muto. And oh, I didn't even say the Marlins uh, last time. Their staff is Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Alicia Hernandez, Sixto Sanchez, and Trevor Rogers. Um, but in their catcher is Jorge Alfaro. Not Alfaro, Alfaro. My mind's putting A's where they don't need to be. Um, I would probably take McCann over. I actually, I'm just trying to think. Like, do we want to take? Because uh, Real Muto is obviously the clear choice. I'm just thinking how many Phillies. Because the Phillies do have a stacked offense. That's the thing. I'll say, what about Jan Gomes? You go solid defensively. Go one of the best defensive catchers in baseball, in my opinion, and just give up the offense. I think we have to take Real Muto here. The more I think about it, because I'm I'm thinking about the potential for the the other positions, and having a catcher that a is good defensively and b can rake is an absolute luxury, especially in the NL. So I would take Real Muto. All right, I'm fine with Real Muto. Just I, I want to make sure that that Jan Gomes does not uh, be disrespected in this house. No, no, no. Jan Gomes, he's a good catcher. He does have some pop, but you got to take the best at the position and that's Romuto. works for me first base the Mets will trot out Pete Alonzo the Braves will go Freddie Freeman Nats will go with Josh Bell newly acquired from the Pittsburgh Pirates and then Reese Hoskins from the Phillies and then Jesus Aguilar for the Marlins this is a tough one this is another one that I wouldn't say it's necessarily the deepest position but I don't think that there's necessarily a wrong answer here no, uh, this is t- like it, for me. Like Fr- Freeman is obviously who you want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying. Pete Alonso also very alluring here. And we do we we don't have any Mets, right? We only have we have Nationals. We do and, not. Yeah, so I'm. Alonso, I think I think it's Pete Alonso here. I'm thinking Alonso too. Just but the thing that concerns me about Alonso is that he can't field. Like he. Really I'm bad. willing to give that up for 40 bombs, 100 ribs. Yeah, fuck it. Take it. Take, take him. Take the polar bear. 
Yeah. So Pete Alonzo is the pick at uh, at first base. Second base we go. Uh, staying with the Mets, uh, it'll be Jeff McNeil holding down second base. Then Ozzy Albies for the Braves. Uh, Starling Castro for the Nationals. For the Phillies, it'll be Gene Gene the Hit Machine Segura. And then Asan Diaz for the Marlins. What did I say? Did I, did I, what did I just call the Phillies? The Phillies. I called them the Phillies? I don't know. My brain, <laughs> as soon as I clicked on the Marlins, my brain went, did you just call the Phillies the Orioles, you idiot? Actually, no, from your recent trend, you probably called them the fucking Phillas, because you've been putting the A's fillas. on everything. The, the Phillas. Ah, <laughs> uh, the fellas. In, the uh, fellas. <laughs> but I think you said the Phillies. We can run it back okay. after, but I'm pretty sure you did. All right. All right, I'll take your word for it. This uh, one's actually tough for me. This one is tough for me as well. My mind says Albies. Same. But I really like Gene Segura, and I'm not sure how many Phillies we're going to have in here. I, I think of one more that might... Bryce Harper in the outfield. No, that's what I'm thinking, and we already have... Yeah, and that gets us to three. Oh yeah, you're and right. And going, uh, and Gene would get us to three. Do the managers count towards this team limit? I would say yes. Okay, because it didn't affect our AL East, but it should affect it this. Because I do think Girardi is a really good coach. Okay. Um. Fuck. Uh. <sighs> I'm so here. If, if, I don't have any strong feelings about any of these AL East managers. So if you want to do that, I'm fine with going with Albies here to give us the ability to go with Girardi later. Yeah, but I, I could also be swayed out of Girardi. But then again, this is heat of the moment. I like Albies. I think Albies Albies is, it is. I, th- I Like I said, I don't have strong feelings any direction about um, about these guys, about the, about the managers at least. So fair. I'm fine with going to at least give us the chance to go with uh, Girardi later. So shortstops will go now. Um, some guy wearing number 12 for the Mets that you might have heard of him. Um, then you got Dansby Swanson for the Braves, uh, Trey Turner for the uh, Nationals, uh, Didi Gregorius for the Phillies, and for the Marlins, my obvious pick, Miguel, Miguel Rojas. I mean, you can't, you can't convince me otherwise here. Uh, we should take Francisco Lindor. Never heard of him. Who is? Oh, who is Frankie. That guy? Frankie Lindor. Oh, Frankie. Yes, Frankie yeah, yeah. Lindor. Yeah, Frankie Lindor is the obvious choice here. Um, Frank he likes Lindor. to be called that too. He really likes when you call Fra- him Frankie. Frank Lindor. You thought Frankie was lazy. I'm just. Wait till I start calling you F. <laughs> <laughs> F Lindor. Step up. <laughs> Frank Lindor uh, is the is the pick at shortstop, and it's you know, it is what it is. Third base. <laughs> uh third base uh probably gonna be jd davis for the mets for the braves it will be austin riley for the nationals uh carter keyboom fucking great name um uh, alec bohm or gene segura uh for the phillies and then for the marlins brian anderson i kind of like anderson i was gonna say 
do we go Anderson just because there's there's not many Marlins to be had here? There's and this not, is, but there's actually I think we're gonna find ourselves picking another Marlin when it comes to the outfield. I think we will too. But, but I like Anderson is, out of this group. Yeah, I think we go Anderson here just to give us the the flexibility later that we're not up against it with another team. Yeah, I like that. All right, so we go with Anderson at third. Now we go outfield. Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil, J.D. Davis are the uh, eligible outfielders for the Mets. Mm -hmm. And then for the Braves, Ronald Acuna, Marcelo Zuna, Christian Pash. Pash. Um, For the Nationals, Victor Robles, Juan Soto, and Kyle Schwaba. For the Phillies, Bryce Harper, Andrew McCutcheon, who, boy, he's still around, um, and Scott Kingery. And then for the Marlins, Starling Marte, Corey Dickerson, and Adam Duvall. This might be the hardest outfield to pick that we've had so far. Yeah, because, I mean, there's two runaway trains in Soto and Harper, so I think we we need to lock them in, if we can. I'm trying to think. Do we Soto, have? Harper, and then you got Acuna, Ozuna. Fuck. And maybe Schwarber? See, my thinking is... Or maybe Starling Marte? See, I would take Marte in center, Soto in left, and I would put Harper in right. See, I, I just really, really like uh, Acuna. How many Braves do we have, though? We have just Albies, right? Just Ozzy Albies. We have a Marlin. We have a Philly. We have a National. Okay, so we, we have our bases covered in terms of teams. I, I don't think like, we're up again. I, I like Harper, Soto, and, and Marte. I like Acuna. I just Harper. Mm. Actually, sub because Acuna can play. Well, Marte can play left at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fucking Soto can probably play center if he had to Harper can play center can he he's he played it for the Nationals back in the day did he I thought he was always a right fielder uh let me look at his baseball reference I'm pretty sure he played why so I know he came up as a catcher like I know he was a catcher at one point so let's say for the sake of argument he can play center (laughs) yeah he is he has appeared in center field in one two three four five six of his nine seasons nice. okay so that's the majority that's fine um with his rookie year playing over two-thirds of his game in center field okay so he can play center um i mean by trade you're probably best with having Marte in center and, and then having mm-hmm. the two corners of soto uh, and harper yeah, I, I like I do love Acuna though. That's this does make this tough because he's so fucking good. I lost you, I lost you. I got you yeah. now, but I lost you. I love yeah. Acuna. I do love Acuna. But, but, is it like? Here's the thing: like, is Acuna? I guess honestly, it's really between Marte and Acuna. Yeah. And I don't know you know, if, if it's... Roto Champ has uh, the line for Marte 
18 homers, 70 ribs, 26 steals, a 277 clip, a 764 OPS. Acuna, they have it 40 bombs, 100 ribs, 277 clip, 914 OPS. How many steals, though, for Acuna? Uh, Acuna, they have... Oh, they have it 30. Then take Acuna. That's enough for me. They have Acuna going 30-40. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but at least you have the likelihood of that it could happen. Because Marte is also 33 at this point, so Acuna could run. Dude, that's wild to me. Starling Marte, in my eyes, will always be like the 22-year-old that's just coming up. No, I know. That's why it's weird when I looked at his age. I was like, fuck, he's, he actually is. He's not old, but, I mean, he's he's there at this point. He's old. He's a veteran. He, he's baseball old. Yeah, he's baseball old, so that exists. That does exist. All right, so um, to recap, AL East, we went the Rays pitching staff, Danny Jansen, Trey Mancini, DJ LeMayhew, Xander Bogarts, Gio Urshela, and the outfield of George Springer, Aaron Judge, Kevin Kiermeyer, and Kevin Cash as the manager. In the NL East, we went Nationals pitching staff, JT Realmuto, Pete Alonzo, Ozzy Albies, Frank Lindor, uh, what's his first name? Anderson. I can't think of it. Is it Ian Anderson? Brian. Brian Anderson. Fuck me, dude. Um, Brian Anderson, uh, Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper uh, in the outfield. And then, are we going to go Girardi as the manager? See, now I'm thinking... Who was the NL Manager of the Year in 2020? Who was the NL Manager of the Year? Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball. Oh, I forgot about Donnie Baseball. I think you have to, because I think Kevin Cash was the Manager of the Year in the AL, too. Yeah, he was. I do know that, that he was. So, yeah, I'm fine. You know what? Let's do it. Manager of the Years. Managers of the Year. Yeah, I like it. The East has both of them. So I would honestly, I, I like Mattingly. What he did with that team is pretty remarkable. Um, mm-hmm. I would cons- agree. Considering 18 players had COVID before the first pitch was even fucking thrown. So, yeah, let, let's give it to Mattingly because what he did was pretty amazing. And he made the playoffs. The Phillies didn't make and the playoffs. And he made the playoffs. He made the playoffs with the fucking Marlins. Yeah. There shouldn't have even been a vote. I know. I just he like, was manager of the year. That's on us. <laughs> Forget, forgetting right. that he exists. Uh, <laughs> All right. So who wins this matchup? See, this is where it gets tough. I I'm leaning NL East in this. I want. I give, really like this NL East team. I want to give it to the NL East, but I think in the grand scheme, like, because I'm trying to think of all facets of the game, right? Like, well, remember there'll be two wild card teams that come out. That's true. I and I think I think either way we go, this is going to be one of those wild card teams. I think you're right. I um, I would probably take the NL East just for sheer star power that we have. That outfield, especially, is just ridiculous. Yeah, that outfield is insane. Um, the only thing I would give like a tie to the pitching staffs between the AL and the NL East. Mm-hmm. I would um, too. I, I'm with you so far. Catcher, obviously NL East with Real Muto. First base. Yep. First base. Uh, I think you can wash it there. Second base, obviously the AL East. Yeah, DJ. I think I think Lindor is better than Xander. Mm-hmm. Third base, think- I'd give that to the AL. I would as well. And I think outfield, it goes to the NL. So I think the NL wins this thing 
by split decision here. Yeah, I think I think that would probably be where I land too. So yeah, NL East wins this one. Not by much, but they win it. Um, so NL East and AL or NL West all both surviving. Um, and then we have the Centrals next week, and so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm nominating uh, the AL East as one of our wild card teams. Yeah, they're definitely going to be a wild card team. I can't think. There's nine. There's nine divisions. Eight of them will survive uh, the bracket, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, the AL East will get a second chance. Yeah, they will. They'll get. They're they're gonna get the sloppy seconds. That's fine. Yeah, they get the wild card, and then we'll have to pick the loser of next week versus um, the AL West to determine that last wild card, and that'll. Uh, we'll go right into the second round with that. Yeah. Shit. All right. So, yeah, we're moving through. We're moving through it. And that wraps up another episode, my friend. It does. 83. 83 of these bad boys. We are getting close to that century mark. 83 of these fucking bad boys. Who would have thought? Not Look I. Look at us. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, buddy. Until next week, we are out. See ya. He used to meet me on the east side In the city where the sun goes in And every day you know where we ride Through the back streets in a blue Corvette And baby, you know I just want to leave tonight We can go anywhere we want Drive down to the coast Jump in the sea Just take my hand and come with me Singing We can do anything if we put our minds to it Cause I